Glitter. RPG a day. Take over. Investigate. I think I want to talk about something that is kind of confusing and interchangeable about 5e, D&D, 5e. Perception versus investigation. Let's see what the DMG essentially says about it. I'm actually looking on D&D Beyond because, well, that's how I do everything. Okay, so... Your wisdom perception lets you spot here, otherwise detect the presence of something. Measures your general awareness of surroundings, the keenness of your senses. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Says a lot more than that, but that'll do for now. Investigation. When you look around for clues and make deductions based on clues, you make an intelligence investigation check. Um, yeah, we can go through more in a second. Basically, the the main difference um, initially on first look is that investigation is an intelligence skill and perception is a wisdom skill. To give you an idea of how this affects Kyra, um, investigation, she has a plus zero modifier to her D20 roll. But perception, she has a plus nine modifier to her D20 roll. So clearly a lot better at having a look for things. Um Let's go back to my notes that I made. Okay, so why does this matter? How does this come about? So players will enter a room, right, and decide they want to search it to see if anything is waiting inside or find a clue or maybe see if it contains secret doors or treasure. Pretty standard stuff, right? Yep, I know you're nodding. So they announce they're searching. I always ask what they're hoping to find or see or hear or whatever. I get them to be a little more specific because I'm not the type of DM to keep the general what they can see or hear or smell from them. I use passive perception and passive investigation as a guide to figure out what to explain straight up front. So they have some basic details about what this room is and anything extra that they're looking for needs to be explained so that I can give the right information and action generated by their action. And of course that does not mean that I insist on perception roles or investigation roles all the time. Um, quite often the players will say it and then it's really your fault that you're having to roll. Sometimes I don't make you roll at all. But, you know, if you always go in saying I'd like to roll for, I'm going to make you roll for it. So maybe that's another tip from Jules as well. Don't start with that. Maybe start with just the role play. I'd like to search the room first. <laughs> if they say that they're listening or looking or smelling or feeling or tasting something, that's perception to me. Basically anything that uses the senses and is less specific in terms of what they're looking for. If they say that they're opening drawers or pushing on walls to find a button or they're looking for a letter or they're finding footprints, anything where they're interacting with specific objects, then that's investigation. That's how I distinguish things anyway. So some examples of that is I look in a room to see if there's a goblin in there. Perception. I'm searching the wall to see if there's a secret door. Investigation. I'm looking to see if I can find footprints underneath the window to see if that's how he escaped. Investigation. I taste the water on the floor to see if it's salty because maybe it's a fish person. Perception. Yes, it's situational. And yes, it's a DM call. And sometimes it could be a flip of a coin. Honestly, sometimes it comes down so close to the line. But I think having those two differences between senses and using objects or interacting specifically with objects um, helps me. So I thought I'd share that with you um, in case that helps you too. So 
hopefully you found that helpful. <laughs> I think it's time to go see what Kyra is going to see and find. Let's go. Kyra flapped upwards, aiming for one of the shattered windows, and she could feel the air both weighing her down and buoying her upwards. She's trying to make it through the tired fog that was starting to descend in her mind. Her wing itched, and she turned her beak towards it to see if she could reach, and realised her beak was not as sharp as it was before. Oh, no... She croaked out in fear as she looked down to see the thin layer of clouds between her and the city. She couldn't even see the buildings underneath her, but if she didn't pull herself together, she was going to end up smashing into them from above. The fear flooded her body, and reserves she didn't know she had kicked in. She flapped the last few metres faster than ever as that itch grew to heights that made her feel like she might go insane if she didn't scratch. And right as she dove for the windowsill, her became a and she saw her wings stretch out into her green limbs as she did she what is she what well exactly and she what i don't know we're gonna have to roll <laughs> does she grab the sill does she save herself a strength does she have to use magic does something strange happen does she fall does she fall let's roll so that's four options 1d4, okay. Pray we don't get a 4, because I don't know how she saves herself if that happens. It's the only option I have nothing written for. Okay. 2. Okay. Does she have to use magic? She feels her hands grab the sill, but they're so shaky and slick with sweat. Her fingers are slipping on the dusty ledge and the stone is starting to crumble under her fingers. Her fear is raging within her as she knows she isn't going to be able to hang on more than a few moments. Kyra sobs and prepares to do the only thing left within her control. She is ice cold as she closes her eyes and whispers, Sylvanas, help me. I'm trying. And she straightens her aching fingers, feeling herself slide through the air, the rushing wind drowning out her voices. She screams the words of the spell out loud and stretches out her hands, desperately playing this works. When she feels her hands touch the stonework, they grab hard, wrenching her shoulders and slamming her lower body into the tower. She sticks to the side like a spider and she shivers in fear, suffering the effects of the adrenaline racing through her body from the fall. The wind bites her, and she knows she has to climb, or even the long-shot spider-climb spell won't save her from the fall. She stretches out her hand above her and pulls herself into the standing-type position, hugging the tower tightly, and climbs to the nearest broken window, being careful to not release the spell once inside. She walks up the internal wall, avoiding the scorched and rotting wooden stairwell that circles within. She walked until she was standing on the roof, outside a wooden door with metal frame that had been warped and blown outwards as if the explosion had happened inside the room itself. She stepped over the door frame onto the roof and into the room. Seeing that the floor seemed much more solid stone in here, Kyra walked down the wall into the centre of the room in order to look around. There was more than she had expected to be seen in here. The windows opened outwards onto the four points of the city and seemed to line up with the compass points. 
In the centre of the room stood a strange pedestal that was surprisingly untouched. This was strange, as the floor and the ceiling showed burn marks radiating outwards from this spot, as if the burn had ignited here, but spared this. And that wasn't even the strangest thing to Kyra in this room. The walls themselves showcased a chilling scene. She stood in place, turning in circles to take it all in. A painting. A painting all over the walls, wrapping the walls. And it started. It had to start. It could only start. With the black wolf, speckled with flakes of white, standing with his back to the fire and baring his teeth. The fire behind him wrapped around towards a flock of birds fleeing the dead branches of a large tree that had a section of bark peeled back to reveal a gruesome face, the face of her god. Painted between the tree and the wolf was someone familiar to Kyra. A green elf with a star-marked face stands facing the wolf in a spell-casting pose. It looked exactly like her. She moved towards this, this other her, mouth agape and eyes wide. It even showed her boots and her dress straps. Who's been watching her? Why have they painted her like this? She looked again at the paint and noted that it seemed old and faded in places. It was showing that same burn marks as the other stonework. She frowned. But that would mean that the painting existed in the Queen's time. But that was before before she was even born. She felt the touch of fate run its finger down the back of her neck and wondered if everything had happened, had happened, so that she could be here and see this. As she wondered this, the door creaked on its hinges and the voice of an old man wafted through. Ah, I was wondering when you'd turn up. Thanks for joining me in this Jewels from NZ RPG A Day Takeover Special. I hope you're enjoying our improvised D&D 5e story. Tune in tomorrow for our next prompt. Thanks to my gems, KP, Bobby, Shell, Scott, Glenn, James and Jason. And a big thanks to everyone listening. I don't know if it was Aotearoa New Zealand or roleplay games that brought you here, but I'm super glad that you've stopped by. We'll be back to New Zealand episodes in September because August is for RPG. Enohora kakite ano. Goodbye and see you again soon. Mwah.